Got a new show coming out. It's called Happy News with Perry Kurtz. That's me. And it's going to be different because we're going to be bringing you the upside of life. That's right. The happy news to make you feel good. And each week I'm going to have my special guests. We're going to talk about their lives and comment on the good things. You can hear us on iTunes, Stitcher, CastBox, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And you can watch us on Binge On This on YouTube. You know, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of This, That, and the Other. That's right. Coming to you live from sunny Los Angeles, California. It's me, your friendly neighborhood co-host, Brian. And as always, I am with my friendly neighborhood co-host, Sam. What's up, guys? Hey, everybody. And remember that we are one of seven amazing shows on Binge on this network. So if you guys heard us from any of our great shows, such as What's Hood, Sam of All Trades, Reading Ronin, Olden Times TV. If you've heard us from Rule 420s or Rule 420 Nights, if maybe you heard about us from Eclectic Radio or the MDK Squad, Cod, or ugh, MDK Squad Pod podcast, well then, we're glad that you guys found us. Because today we have a very, very special guest. A, a, a friend of mine, or I'm going to make him my friend, that'll be my magic trick. Lex Schwartz, the Vice President of, get this, the International Brotherhood of Magicians for the Hollywood chapter. Lex Schwartz, how are you, buddy? Give you a little sound, a little clap off right there. Uh, I'm doing good. How are you? I'm doing well, my man. Uh, this has been an interview long time coming. I told Sam about you maybe about a year ago. Wow. And, I remember. Uh, actually, in yeah. that world, what we do during Zoom shows is we put our hands up like this for applause to make sure that the person is actually engaged inside. And that's actually how you show applause in sign language. That's how we're going to do it from now on. Yes. All right, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do a little applause for everyone. Let's use a Jeff McBride's uh, Magic and Mystery School in Las Vegas. Very nice. Very nice. Well, Lex, nice. thank you so much for coming on to the show. Uh, let's uh, let's tell the people a little bit about yourself. Uh, who are you? How'd you get into this? Um, yeah. uh, How did I get into this? Um, well, after the military, school became a little bit difficult due to some medical reasons. And I ended up having carpal tunnel surgery on both my left and my right hands. And I used magic with uh, playing cards as a form of physical therapy. So, so to like get your hands to work again. Exactly, because I couldn't even lift a, uh, an empty glass of uh, that was made of like no water filled inside of it, like a completely empty glass. I had trouble lifting after carpal tunnel surgery. I was like, holy shit, like this is going to be, uh, this is going to be a long freaking road. So, so how did you, how, well, where did the carpal tunnel come from? Um, apparently I was uh, predisposed to it uh, from what the doctor said, but there's a possibility there could be something military related. Who knows? Hmm. If I can okay. ask, uh, what branch did you serve with? Uh, the U.S. Army. Hell yeah, brother. Nice. Well, we appreciate your service. We have a, a lot of service members who work with us. We have a couple of shows with some service members on there. So we're, <laughs> we're always supportive of you, of the military members in our family, our binge on this family. Um, so you use those cards to learn how to, to move your fingers again? Uh, yeah, pretty much. Uh, how to, because I couldn't lift an empty glass. So I'm like, all right, well, what weighs less than an empty glass? So I'm like, all right, a shot glass. All right, well, shot glass is a little too heavy. It's a little too dense. So I started playing around with different things, and I eventually came to a deck of cards, and I was like, hey, this is really, really light. So I picked up one card, and I picked up two cards, and then I picked up three cards, and then four cards, and then five cards. And then eventually, I wanted to make sure that if I could pick up cards, that I would be strong enough to do something like this on a live camera. Wow. Yeah, so the de yeah, the dexterity on that is incredible. Unbelievable. How long did something like that take you as far as recovery? Um, the carpal tunnel itself took about two weeks, but there's still some synesthesia here and there, so it does have its uh, little numbness here and there. Mm -hmm. But uh, physical therapy is good for it, so it yeah. tends to keep my hands strong, and it's worked so far, and I can't complain. Did you uh, ever want to do magic before the carpal tunnel? Uh, I was interested in it as a kid because when I was a kid, when I was about four or six, my brother had a magic set and I didn't get one. Uh, so I, the, for one of the first trick I learned was, uh, how to make his magic set disappear. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Uh, he actually left it out around the house and I actually watched, uh, some of the videos as a kid and I can still remember some of the words of it, uh, to this day from when I was a kid. Wow. That uh, yeah, is crazy. Like, uh, what was his name? 
His name was Marshall Brodeen. It was a magic set. My brother got it. It had these two bowls of water and this uh, thing where he turned the water into rice and back and forth. And then he had the thing with the cups and balls. And that's, that's so cool. I'm such then, a nerd for magic. <laughs> then my brother got me into Penn and Teller because of their show, uh, excuse my language, uh, Bullshit. Um, yeah. So it ended up being something interesting. And I've seen Penn and Teller perform. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been very, very interesting in magic. Um, I did trip for Penn and Teller once after one of their shows during one of their meet and greets. So that was, uh, that was a lot of fun. My, my pen, pen is so tall. I was so nervous uh, when I did it. I was like, wow, I wonder how people on, on the, the foolish show must, uh, must feel when this happens. Oh my God, this is crazy. Yeah. Or the one where they, yeah, go ahead, Sam. Oh, and the one where they try to uh, trick them. They, they come yeah, out with their they trick. Trick yeah, yeah. Um, my friend Katrina, she's actually a friend of mine that I'm meeting up with in Tennessee this weekend. She's actually going to be on the show full us in a couple of weeks. Nice. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, so I binged the hell out of that show. Even tell me, but I'm really excited to find out. Heck you yeah. binge? Do you binge on this show, Sam? Uh, oh. When I'm not working in business, uh, yeah, because I own about um, five different companies, and that's how I kind of got to being a board director. That is um, right. Using what I learned in uh, business school, um, I used magic to put myself through business school. And well, let's let's take a step there. back and uh, how how did that happen? That's an that's an interesting sort of adventure um to to sort of catapult yourself into that so how did how were you able to use magic to to turn that um well i started looking at magic as like, all right well let's see i went to business school and i learned how to use card tricks how could i uh, use both as one and then i found out that magic and business have a lot in common so i started doing shows for some of the doctors that um and the um physicians and the physical therapists that uh were working on me during the surgeries i had between uh between schools and it was very helpful after uh, because I couldn't go to school for a couple of years. So the doctors that were working on me eventually I did some of the magic shows for them. And I ended up doing uh, a show for them for about in front of uh, about 60 physical therapists all gathered from six different locations. So it was like wow. a 60 person audience. There were two of us. So we had to spend three weeks rehearsing this <laughs> and it was with my friend, Aaron, who is actually as of today, the president of the, uh, Hollywood chapter of the International Brotherhood of Magicians. Wow. And that was the first show we did together through the IBM. And we that's how we became friends. Um, yeah, so he's the, he's the president now. We've done that. We've done a couple of uh, shows with the at the um, Hollywood um, Library uh, for kids a couple of times, the reading for sh- uh, for kids shows, a couple other things. So that's been a lot of fun. We've, done, we've gotten to do that through IBM. And it's just, it's just been a lot of fun. Is this something as far as the other five businesses, uh, are they all magic related? I know you do a little business consulting, uh, kind of what's your bread and butter? Uh, my bread and butter would actually, believe it or not, my bread and butter is, um, options trading. Oh, really? Uh, Yeah. And I'm running my own uh, little mini hedge fund using my veterans benefits. Oh, hey, thank you, Uncle yeah. Sam. Yeah, thank you, I, uh, Uncle Sam. So it's like like a lot of my veteran friends, I'm like, hey, wait a minute. You guys are all um wow, you guys are all putting it towards your rent. You guys should be investing this. I'm like, wow, you guys like this is tax free. This is the moment where you don't have to worry about it coming out, uh, you being taxed before your paycheck. Mm-hmm. If you think about it. So yeah. when I looked at it, I'm like, hey, I'm gonna move some of this to investment and into business every single month. And I did that. And then I went from building one to building five different companies learning and growing as year went on different types of businesses from an REIT to um, a magic corporation in California, uh, Ma- uh, magic consulting. It got me like four different offices. So magic just kind of opened a bunch of doors and it introduced me from all the way to uh, like people here in Los Angeles where I'm at in Hollywood to the magic castle. A lot of introductions are there. Uh, don't tell them I said that. Um, <laughs> but um, I took a class at the Academy of Magical Arts uh, through one of their classes. And the week that they shut the place down, um, I was supposed to uh, be moving on in the process, let's say, mm-hmm. uh, towards uh, becoming a, a magician member, let's say. And uh, then they shut down because of COVID. So I was like, darn, well, that's, oh, well. So I can't do that right now. Uh, but I'm like, all right, all that work wasn't for nothing. I learned a lot from that process. All right, now what am I going to do with it? So I took what I learned from business and I'm like, all right, I wrote a, a brand new couple of plans together and I just kind of went on from there. That's amazing. That's amazing. Are you, gen- are you a California guy? California uh, yeah, I was actually born here in California. Very cool. 
Very cool. Do you see yourself leaving California? Is magic more prevalent here? Is magic something that can be done basically? I mean, you could hypothetically make a living as a magician anyway. Yeah, you could go to Africa. Africa. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, magic is the world's second oldest profession. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Um, And we've survived 5,000 years. Um, I was one of the very first people to do uh, Zoom magic shows with my friend Trenton Kane. And... um, and uh, Jonathan Molo, uh, the week that COVID crashed, like we all had a, uh, this birthday party to do and Trent invited us like, Hey, can you do a couple of free zoom shows? We had no idea what the hell we were doing that day because zoom shows had not been perfected yet. And, uh, Paul Draper is now the expert on zoom shows, mm-hmm. um, through Jeff McBride's magic ministry school. Um, so he, he does like dimensions, like how big you need for a zoom stage, like what kind of equipment you use. Like I have the same microphone now. Um, I use a very similar camera structure the way Paul does. Um, so how would he? How did he figure that one out? Did he, did he just? Um, he actually. Paul's a very, very, very smart guy, and he's been a student at. He's been at the McBride Mystery School for I think like at least God twelve to twenty something years, based off of how long his resume is. Wow. And he does over five hundred corporate shows since uh, Zoom Magic has started. So he's the go-to guy. So I talked to him. I'm like, all right, how big do I need? Um, I watched his video that he sold on Penguin um, like for like 15 bucks. So it wasn't that much money for a magician, but it was a smart investment. He's like, all right, here's how big you need. Um, here's how big it works. And he was the guy that was right. Um, and so I ended up working, uh, getting a bit of camera direction from his uh, stage manager, uh, Seeks Maddox, on like lighting, different techniques. And Paul has this all outlined and he goes over it at Jeff McBride's Mystery School like crazy. It's, it's absolutely wonderful. Speaking of history and magic throughout history, are there, um, how deep is the magician group? Like, could you hypothetically trace a certain magician group of people who have been learning and, you know, how far back do those family lines, so to speak, go? All right. There's a great question. All right. uh, Once a year, there is a gathering of the annual Cups and Balls Seminar. Okay. <laughs> okay. It sounds ridiculous. It sounds like the most ridiculous thing. All the magicians, why do you guys got to be freaking crazy for doing this for 12 freaking hours on nothing but cups and balls? And we were doing this every October uh, and it was down to 26 members. And the cups and balls actually goes back all the way to um, ancient Egypt. Really? Yes. Uh, of uh, slaves using the cups to cover the ball or the piece of fruit in order to steal food in order to survive. Get and out of town. Dead, dead serious. And, it, and it, so it started 5,000 years ago in ancient Egypt. Wow. So very cool, man. So you could technically say that's almost the oldest magic trick? Second oldest, second oldest profession. Second oldest profession and one of the yeah. oldest magic tricks in the book. Uh, yeah. What are some of your personal magician sort of idols, so to speak? Who's someone that you go back and study what they do? Are there any sort of... You do you create machines? Are there different levels of magicians? So long. Uh, of course, of course. Yeah. If you could, if you could say top three for someone who wanted to start studying magicians. For me, I want to be a magician. Start studying magicians. If you if you want to become a magician, you mean? Yeah. If I want to become a magician. Okay. If you want to become to a magician, go to magicalwisdom.com. Look up uh, Jeff McBride's Magic and Mystery School. Okay. He's the go-to guy. He is the grandmaster of magic. And if you do not learn something there, uh, I would be highly surprised whether hmm. that uh, he does every Monday. The first hour is free, so go this Monday to Jeff McBride's Magic and Mystery School uh, through Jeff McBride, either on Facebook or MagicalWisdom.com. And they'll have it. It's every uh, Monday at 7 p.m. That is the free lesson that they're doing during COVID. Jeff is the grandmaster of everybody. He works at Copperfield. He works with everybody. He's definitely one of the biggest inspirations. Wow. Yeah, so he's like a go-to guy in magic because he used to be the resident headliner at Caesar's Magical Palace. Damn. And he has the world's he has like four three or four world records for the world's fastest hands. Damn. And now he runs the mystery school and he's been doing this for I think uh, 45 years now. Wow. So he's he's like one of the go-to guys when you want to know how to do something or you just want to learn some of the best like a highly rated opinion talk to Jeff McBride. He he used to be the resident headliner at Caesar's Palace. That's you can't beat that. So to get to to get uh, to a certain level of magic or you know tricks and stuff like that, it it's literally twenty four seven. You're you're having to sit there and practice and practice and practice, right? 
Sometimes, yeah. Um, I found when I was recovering from a, after my hand surgery, I had a uh, knee surgery. So I'm like, well, this sucks. So I just sat there watching movies, uh, practicing cards, doing repetition after repetition until I got in my hours until I was good at it because it should be second nature in order to shuffle a deck of cards. So this way, if you're going to be moving your hands, it'll be very easy to do without any hesitation in front of anyone because you've had the practice or you put the time in to do it to spread or to move cards around such as this. Yeah, you got to live it, basically. That's Not really. You just got to work on your timing based off of where you are. That's what the first 10,000 hours required. Uh, now it requires 200 hours of just going like this in front of a camera over and over again until everything is perfected, whether it is an angle from you looking over here or whether it would be me spraying the deck of cards and moving my voice just a little bit closer to give you a distracting moment. That's crazy. That's crazy. Is there a LeBron James or Kobe Bryant of the Magic game right now? Oh, that – oh. LeBron James or Kobe Bryant or the Magic? Is there the greatest like the of all up, time? You mean like the, the most up-and-comer? Uh, let's say uh, alive. Yeah, let's, I, let's say... No, let's, I, I, I want to know an up-and-comer. Depending on how you want to compare I me, mean, that's a hard question. That's a hard question. Yeah? How about, uh, uh, let's say alive or, or dead, who's your GOAT? Your LeBron, your Michael Jordan. Who's, who's the GOAT of the Magic game? The GOAT of the Magic game? I mean, the one you sacrifice? <laughs> nah, the, the greatest of all time The greatest magician of all time uh, Most magicians would contribute that to Harry Houdini For his time Now right. it would be David Copperfield Is definitely up there for his time uh, Probably of the millennium after the stuff He's on the route, Mount Rushmore of it for sure uh, Yeah, David Copperfield would probably be on the Mount Rushmore of it Jeff had just had him at the Mystery School last uh, Like a week and a half ago It was absolutely incredible And David is not easy to get a hold of Like We've been trying for like six, nine months to get him I was like, oh my god, oh my god, it's time finally I was so excited when we got David on the show That's so cool You do a lot Why of was it hard? Oh. Does it, because he's busy on, why, why? The world's, He's the world's oh, he, he's magician he, yeah, Alright, let's put it this way Through magic, through all his TV specials, everything else He's made over $700 million So why is he working? Because he, he loves, loves it. He, he loves, loves magic. magic. When you love magic, Sam, you when don't you do love magic something, you do it because you love it. Because I don't do this show I'm, because I make David money. I do it because I love it. Like cinema. Some people prefer uh, stage theater. Some people prefer Zoom shows. Some people prefer county fairs. Some people prefer mm -hmm. dining room tables or restaurants. Mm -hmm. Everybody has a thing that they like that makes it the best magic environment for them to perform in. Do you and, miss doing magic? Do you think magic can be learned? as accurately over zoom as you would in person if you have a good enough teacher yes i think it's possible um i've done some classes for people in the past it's i found it to be uh very helpful um i've had people teach me classes via zoom and i've even found that to be helpful on uh areas that i didn't know paul draper was definitely much better on it than i was when it came to moving onto the zoom platform so having him teach me directly, uh, whether it was taking his class, whether it was, which uh, he actually has going on in 27 minutes for class number three. Uh, <laughs> uh, he, no, no, he specifically saved the, um, the business part for last smart businessman. Yeah. Um, he already covered <laughs> the magic, the angle. So then, uh, he had another, another one that sold out last month and he had one sorry, or this month and he had one like two months ago. So we're really, uh, lucky that he was doing it cause he's, uh, all of his advice is pretty much uh, put it into a giant like ball of things for a magician to take that next leap forward that they need to. Whether it's like figuring out like how to reorganize your living room and like 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 reorganize your living room if you have to have a couch next to it in order to have a bigger stage theater type of equipment, background lighting, type of microphone, like down to the letter he has it he has it down to an art now. It's wonderful. So I'm not really you know I, I'm not really into magic world. How's that? Is there a lot of people doing it now? Um, we get more and more people doing cardistry. Uh, magicians, we make jokes about cardistry. Um, and apparently at, cardist at cardistry cons, I've actually heard that um, uh, the first rule about cardistry con is that we don't oh, tell do other people about cardistry. <laughs> no, actually, I think it's that we don't do magic or something. I heard, I don't know if that's actually true. I just read that somewhere online, probably on the dark web. Anyway. Um, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, so now there are, there are a lot more magicians uh, now online because a lot of people were bored. Some people were doing things. Some people were able to do more promoting. Um, it just depends. A lot of the older magicians are not really wanting to switch as much. Um, but 
even I, even I hated it and took me a while to accept the way, all right, this is going to be the fate of how this market is going to majority likely be mm. for the next year and a half. I don't have to like it, but that's part of life. So I'm like, all right, better bust out the equipment uh, budget because that's the only way that this is going to be, is going to keep working as a survive. Yeah. yeah. Cause you got to survive and adapt. It's like, all right, well it sucks. So I bought a new microphone, um, a new lighting system that gives me that ability. Mm -hmm. um, then I have one that over here that actually changes it from an LED to a different blue light to a bit of a warm light to have a better type of contrast based off of what time I'm going off of. So this way it tries to look better for you. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of those steps are being done everywhere, whether you're a magician or, you know, comedians, you know, everybody's teachers, doing teachers <laughs> yeah. adopting to the zoom lifestyle. It's, it's very, it's difficult and interesting to see, you know, a lot of people that you thought would be capable of doing it are really struggling. Um, you know, I yeah. saw a teacher that made a TV show out of her class. What's that? I saw, I saw a teacher that made a TV show out of her class pretty much. She basically just put up a, a, a wall, made it look like Blue's Clues, and like oh. had the kids engaged. Like, and it was just like the kids were watching a show on how to learn pretty much. Very, oh, wow. very cool. Yeah. That's yeah. very smart. Cool. Speaking of movies and TV, uh, do you have any special magician movies, magic movies? Are there movies you should watch, movies you should stay away from? Is there anything? Um, Oh, uh, well, if you like, if you want to see something that's a real work of magic, art, and fun, uh, see the movie Now You See Me. If you want to see something that is just absolutely incredible, see, um, what is it, The Prestige? Yes, that's, yes. My, that's my go-to magician go. movie. Yes. It has Hugh Jackman, and it has uh, Christian Bale and Michael Caine. Uh, oh, David Bowie? Love it. movie. It's David actually Bowie. based off of, yeah, huh? David Bowie's in it. He plays Tesla. Exactly. Yeah. It's really, really good. Wonderful, yeah. wonderful movie. Are there any preconceived notions or misconceptions about magicians? Is there really a magician code? Do you get blacklisted if you show your jokes? Are you allowed in casinos? Are you? <laughs> One question at a time. One question at a time. I'd happily answer all of them. What is the first? All right. One at a time. First. Um, first. Is there, are there any preconceived notions or misconceptions in regards to uh, That we're always lying. I didn't know that was one. <laughs> I didn't know that was one. I, I spent that. that from lawyers, but not magicians. Okay. I know you'd think, right? <laughs> yeah, lawyers, I can understand because the lips are moving. But yeah, but a magician. <laughs> yeah, but if you like so, magic and law, you're screwed. Right? <laughs> yeah. yeah I mean, that's a, that's a hell of a closing argument, and you're like, my, my client. <laughs> oh, there are plenty of lawyers that are magicians in the magic world. You, you, really? Like, yes, a good portion are actually lawyers, and it's incredible. I, I would die. I heard of a magician uh, that used a thumb tip, uh, sorry, a magic prop of a uh, thumb in court to demonstrate his client losing their thumb to the jury. Can you can imagine how mad you are, Sam? You're standing there, right? You have a public defender. Like you're you're there just like at court and your public defender goes up there and he's like, your honor, <laughs> like he pulls out like a cane and starts and he's like, the evidence is unadmissible. And you're like, oh my God, I'm going to go they, away. We show called Franklin and Bass. Oh yeah, I remember that lawyer show. And, and they actually use magic in court to demonstrate it. Now, sometimes people think, oh, that's bullshit. I actually asked a friend of mine, sorry, excuse my language. I actually oh, asked fine. a friend of mine who's a former deputy district attorney of LA if <laughs> the kind of crap that, like, on and the satire that they come up with on that show he's ever seen. And he says, yes, I've actually seen some of those ridiculous arguments in court. And I'm like, oh my God. And then I heard another story about uh, from a magician friend of mine who has 54 years of experience. Um, his name is uh, his name is Larry uh, Larry Horowitz. He's taught me a lot about card magic. He's very good at what he does. Um, a lot of my uh, work uh, that I've worn comes from him on uh, what to do when I've uh, had problems in the past and performances. And he has 54 years, so his experience is priceless to me. Um, and he yells at me if I do something wrong after after I've ever had anything ever uh, show anything. He will uh, he'll tell me what I did wrong and why and how to make it better. And I love it. Very cool. <laughs> That's always good to have someone like that in your corner. Yeah, that's why I keep Sam around. Yeah, that's why I keep Sam around. Do better. Good reason. Yeah, very great reason. Yeah. As so far as yeah. your tricks are concerned, um, magic for the most part has a lot to do with sleight of hand. Um, you know, dis dis do. yeah, distractions and things like that. Do you do any um kind of like Chris Angel freaky like? coffin stuff like david blaine is that kind of not your area of magic uh, um, i'll do something a little crazy here and there it just depends on how far i really want to go with and what i'm comfortable with 
I mean, I've done, uh, I haven't done escape jacket yet, although I've thought of it. Um, I have done, uh, just for fun, I mean, a friend, we started the buried alive trick, but we uh, ran out of time uh, in the desert, but that's okay. Uh, that's, yeah, it was in the middle of Nevada. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> Um, so let's see, um, when it comes to body mutilation, not really my thing. Mm -hmm. Um, so that part where they, it's, uh, I guess what they would call an endurance artist, not so much, but when it comes to card magic illusions, other things, certain things, yeah, other things, no. Um, just, I like, uh, David's way of doing, uh, card magic on the street with the camera following him. I thought that was absolutely amazing. I think that helped a lot of people and that helped made a difference on what eventually turned into YouTube magic. Yeah, very yeah. much so. I think, I think David was the uh, catalyst for YouTube magic because of the specials. Oh, give him a second. I think he may. Yeah, the early 2000s. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, I remember back in, I mean, specifically back in that day, it was trying to get magic to the urban youth. It was like trying to get like the and inner ghetto. Been, and To answer that question, there is someone that has been blackballed at one point. Um, his name was Val Valentino. He was the one that was the mass magician. On Fox uh, TV. <gasps> no, no. Yeah, -uh. yeah he, he's been blackballed. Uh, he he uh, he's recently been. He's he's. You know, what? I uh, I heard that he made a lot of money from it. I don't know what's true. I never read the contracts. Um, I do know that some of his work definitely did help it inspire me in some ways. Some ways I like it. Some ways I didn't. But he said that at the end of it, that his goal is to help inspire magicians. A lot of magicians lost jobs, but also at the same time, a lot of new creative ideas were inspired. Just like a lot of new creative ideas are inspired by COVID-19 because of life differing changes. And a lot of people in his opinion at the time, uh, from what he says at the very big finale is that he wanted to inspire people coming up with new routines and new ways, not just doing the ways of Houdini from a hundred years ago, but coming up with new ideas, new routines, yeah. like keeping the magic, the spark alive and about, and then that was in 98. And then conveniently, 11 years later, Matt Franco is the very first magician to win America's Got Talent, and they have a magician's category for magic alone at NBC. I know mm. because I've spoken to NBC about this myself, and I've worked with a producer before. And um, he's, he, oh my God, he's amazing. Like he, he says, all right, when you're going to do something, make sure you do it 200 times before you ever show it to a camera to make sure it's perfect. And I realized that he was right because one time during an audition that I was doing, I actually had, um, I was doing this really, really big act where I had these, uh, where I had my sleeves up like this and a deck appearing out of nowhere with my sleeves up. Damn. And let's just put it this way there, something had gone wrong at the time because of uh, be the difference between 75 and, uh, and 125 and 200 times of rehearsal. Wow. And because of where it was on the rehearsal time frame, on how much time it takes for some that is going to be seen by a person on that camera, that little difference uh, made or break a difference for me, I think, about uh, last year. But it was a wonderful learning opportunity, and honestly, I couldn't be happier about it. When's the What's the worst time you failed or bombed the trick? I, the first time I failed? Or the worst. The worst time you've ever bombed. The worst time a trick has gone bad. The worst time I've ever bombed was when, uh, in, in a magician's eyes or in audience's eyes? Your eyes. In my eyes. Um. The trick that I thought was going to bomb, but ended up being the biggest, uh, funnest trick I'd ever done in my life. Um, never been performed. All right, so one time I was doing a show for a bunch of about, uh, I thought it was for a bunch of 40-year-olds for 20 minutes. So I bring a suit and everything. Then I find out when I get, and I thought it's for like 20 minutes. All right, so about 20 people, 40-year-olds. Okay, good paying show. All right. And then I find out it's for 200 college students at a freaking thing for for three minutes and i'm like oh you've got to be <laughs> kidding me I'm like oh my god what am i going to come up without this like i thought i was gonna i thought like you've got to be joke i've never been thrown such a black swan in my life um like so it's like someone had taken the black swan out of, out of the group and just tossed it at me right <laughs> it was incredible and i didn't know what i was gonna do and in i'm like all right not the first time I've had to improvise. I never had to improvise this big, but you know what? I can do this. Watch this. So I, I, so I looked at, I looked at my briefcase, took a deep breath. I'm like, all right, what have I got that's gonna work here? That's gonna blow their minds away. All right, there's this, 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 this. There's this age. There's this many people. There's this many people to see. I'm like, okay. So I went in there, and I actually did the uh, trick itself, and I actually have a video of it on uh, Instagram if you want to see it. Yeah, yeah, that'd that'd be great, man. Uh, right. Let me see. What is your Instagram? Uh, Instagram is Magical Business Consulting. 
So this is in front of 200 people for, uh, and I'm like, what's... All right, I know you guys had some trouble seeing the cars over here, so I'd like everybody to move in as close as possible for this. Come on forward. It's working. Come on, sit over here. Move forward. Come see. You're going to want to see this. I'm going to need a volunteer for this trip. We have one. College kids are so easy to entertain. Stop on the count of three. Ready? Okay. One, two, three. Stop. There? Mm -hmm. Alright, take the card. Don't show it to me. Show it to the audience. Go down there. Show it to all of them. Don't show it to me. <laughs> you got Alright, now what I want you to do is I want you to place it into the middle of the deck for me. So everyone can see it. Place it in the middle of the deck. I'm gonna back up over here. Place it on top of one of the decks, doesn't matter which. Now place the other pile on top of it so I can't find it, okay? Square it up for me. Have I seen your card? No. What's your name? Mondi. Lex. Have we met before? No. Is there any way I can know what your card is? No. No way in heck. All right, watch this. All right, give me your hand for a minute. Did you know that if you take someone's pulse, you can actually tell what their card is just by listening to it? Let's see. Put your hand up here. I'm getting that it's not a black card, it's a red card, right? It's a red card, right? It's not a face card. Your face is up here. It's not a diamond card because there's no ring on your finger, ladies. Hey, bro. Hey, chill. Chill. I'm going to guess your card is 10 of diamonds. Sorry, no, 10 of hearts. Yes? Wait, what? I didn't make your card appear. I know what the card is. But your card, do you see it anywhere here? All the cards are different. Do you see it? <laughs> see it's in a parts anywhere. What the hell? You don't see it, do you? No. Now do you remember what I said earlier? <laughs> the closer you look, the less you see. Monster! <laughs> oh my god wow so those audio listen uh who are just listening audio lead get on youtube and watch this wow that was you that was really dirty cool. son of a bitch you are you <laughs> son of a bitch oh my god wow like oh wow I love magic. I know you can't tell us how you did it, but I love magic, dog. Wow. And you thought that was going to fail. What? You thought that was going to fail? Uh, that was the first time I'd done that live for an audience. Last minute and everything. You got the black swan thrown at you and you were like. Yes. Last minute. And I'm, I'm like. You're like, I got this 10 of hearts this. <laughs> shirt. Sure. I got to run it by the, um, by the stage manager about an hour before the performance. And I'm like, oh God, either she's going to love this or she's going to hate it. She thought it was amazing. I'm like, all right, round two, either this is going to be a great success and she's going to, and she was, uh, she's completely, and she's right. Or it's going to fail, and the woman that thought it was a great idea is completely bonkers. Either way, it's going to be fun. Um, That's cool. I went there, I did it, and um, I was not sure they were going to do uh, – they were going to uh, react the way they did. And because i never done this before, it took me a little bit of uh, – it took me a moment to grab the right pauses uh, during the performance. Yeah. Yeah. And I, because this, this was not rehearsed, and only part of this was scripted. Um, so this was like, like I, like I threw this together at the last minute to make it the best thing I possibly could for them. And I was just so happy that they loved it. Did you, did you do it again uh, in front of a live audience? Um, I've done it before a few times, uh, not for any paid audiences since then. 
Um, sadly, there's only only uh, so many places that you can do it. Yeah, I wanted to do it at a couple of theaters in Hollywood uh, before COVID nineteen. There were a couple that I was planning on doing something very similar into. Obviously, not the magician can never do the same trick twice. So obviously, it's mm. going to go just one step further next time. You'll just wow. have to see it when it uh, opens back up to find out for yourself. So very, <laughs> very, very cool. cool, man. Um, let's talk about what you do when you're not, you know, running five businesses, when you're not a magician. What do you do to sort of relax? What I do to relax, um, I like to surf. Uh, there's a surfboard in the back, as you can see. Um, believe it or not, I like to hang out and have a drink with other magicians and just like just relax, just talk about things outside of magic. About magician. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> yeah, I like to bring magic because we're a small community. It's like during our business off hours, like the like the days where you get to like have have a drink with your colleagues, things like that. Like that, yeah. I miss about it. Um, when I'm not doing that, um, I'm usually uh, studying a class on the presidency or, or something in political science, or I'm consulting for other people, uh, just doing one thing or another or studying most of the time or working on some type of physical therapy rehabilitation. Um, so far, so good, though. But I can't complain. Everything works out great for me. Very Is cool. there a next step? as far as magician and magic is concerned, maybe the other businesses, you know, obviously, but as a magician, is there a final end all um, other than perfecting your craft, obviously, but is there kind of like, you want to go with it? Um, I've been thinking long and hard about it over the last couple of years. Um, Like, where do I want to be in 10 years? Who do I want to be spending it with? So I decided to take a bit of time, think about it. And what I'd like to be like, you know what? Well, I'd like to have my own little place one day about magic. And I'm like, all right, well, where would be a fun place? And I thought if one day, if I can uh, put get put together with the right investors, uh, open up a magic club in somewhere in Hollywood, that'd be kind of fun. I added wow. one down there. I think that'd be a lot of fun to do. Mm-hmm. Um, this way would just kind of be fun. Um, I was thinking Nashville might be a nice place to check it out as an idea too, because there's nothing like it. But I, if I did that, I kind of want to design it maybe similar to the Chicago Magic Lounge. Uh, look, so it's the, this way it's not the same if I decide to do something similar like this way there's not a competition or anything like there's the business partner relationship that can be built off that because this way you don't have two of the identical things that have to be competing against each other you have two completely different things mm-hmm. so I'm, I'm thinking about moving to Nashville and looking uh, for at least a couple of months and checking out it, checking that out down there and as a building opportunity and then just checking out the prices, seeing when the right time is to make it possible based on how many people I have that uh, are interested in the project. That's very cool. Yeah, very, uh, very cool. Yeah, because I want to put some of my friends back in work as soon as possible, whether it's through mm-hmm. Zoom shows or, all right, fine, we'll have a piece of property. We'll, we'll turn it into a Zoom thing that you guys can rent out so you can use for your Zoom shows. We can either rent mm-hmm. it out for magicians or we can turn part of a house or a piece of property into um, a living quarters for a magician in a certain area, depending on what we want to do with it. Or we can turn it into something that can produce, uh, that can that have us work and um uh, and sells a bunch of alcohol and this way everybody wins as the, as covid opens and closes sounds like the magician's version of the comedy store you know kind of what uh-huh. mitzi planned for originally she just in, wanted to give some ways, yeah actually yeah in some ways they had a place similar to that in santa monica but i like mm-hmm. to have the jazzy feel more to it too yeah that they have in chicago more than uh, i mean i love what randy has to the place in in, in santa monica absolutely amazing place um i like a little more of a jazzy type of idea to it so i'm thinking like adding a bit of a chicago-ness to it yeah i had a friend that was uh, working as a cigar girl to get to, to pay through uh, covid19 and i'm like hmm well cigar lounges okay those just go with the jazz environment I'm like you know that might be a fun different way like yeah. when was the last time you had a bunch of a uh, if you yeah that- mm-hmm So kind of just like an old school, like speakeasy lounge style. Possibly, yeah. Uh, it's worked in Chicago. Um, I think it might be a fun idea, and it would be different than the uh, it, than the Magic Castle. It would be different than Black Rabbit Rose. It would different be different than the Magic Bar. It would be different than the other places. So it would be completely different than the ones we have in Los Angeles here now. So that little niche makes it better for all the magicians because mm-hmm. it's like, all right, well, here's how we're like. It's just, it's better for everybody that way yeah. because this way nobody's really there's no it's less competition and if you know, this way you don't look at it as that way you're like you look at it as friends and you, you like yeah. great magic world and because it's different it allows it to um, just be completely like and one of the things that we're in a business school is marketing and innovation so something has to be different well right. we have magic bars in that way we have the magic castle which is mm-hmm. absolutely amazing which 
no pitchers allowed inside it past the lobby ever, ever. Um, let's see. There's that. There is the place in Studio City. I was actually get, about to get hired by the uh, a place called the um, was it the the Rabbit Hole in Woodland Hills as a magician because they have a bunch of playing card drinks on the um, on the menu. And then COVID, and then the uh, governor re shut down the um, yeah. the bars. So I was like, damn. Thanks, Newsom. So, yeah, it's like, thanks, dude. Anyway. Uh, but Don't like, you okay, love okay, magic, right, so like, all, right, all right, step two, what's next? All right, so I just went from there, and I'm like, all right, so what if I just, what if I, like, found something and ripped it up and built it into what I wanted to because mm-hmm. a friend of mine who's been really good on things, uh, who does a lot of corporate magic, um, who did nothing but corporations, including my dad's company and several others, uh, like my dad's company's board of directors, uh, like he does, he does trade shows and everything. His name is Lou Serrano, an amazing magician. If you like, check him out if you don't get if you don't get the chance. He is like he is one of the like Lou Serrano, Lou Serrano, Lou he Serrano, is a corporate magician to go to of corporate entertainers, mm-hmm. um, and um, so uh, he, he posted the video about what is he, like what does he want to do, and he's a real estate agent in addition to being a magician because he wants to just he wants to build things over time. And I just think it's interesting because like, Hey, that's funny. He does real estate and I want to do, uh, I want to build a castle fit type. Uh, I want to build like a jazzy type thing one day. Yeah. I'll talk to him about it one day, but in the, like in the meantime, well, I got a bunch of business plans I have to write. So of I'm course. Like, All right, well, yeah. So I'm going to be doing that this weekend. Um, I have a paper I have to write on the presidency this weekend. So that'll be fun. It's really cool to hear how organized, you know, I'm sure behind the scenes it's chaotic, but when you speak about it and getting everything going, it's very one, two, three, you have things lined up, you have lists, you hit one thing after the other. Uh, it sounds a lot like that military training comes in. Um, during uh, the beginning of COVID, I looked up um, just before COVID started. I took a class by Bob Iger, the mm-hmm. former CEO of Disney. His yeah. master class, one is Routinas. I noticed that his was very similar to Jeff Bezos's. Ah. So I tried adopting that. And I'm like, hey, there's uh, something very time efficient about this where I get to make my time. I get to prioritize my time and do everything that I want to. What is that? The pace. Um, he spends the first couple of uh, hours, right, right, so first couple hours uh, exercising. Or doing like the me time. So this way your mind is clear when you wake up. So you're not stressed when your day starts. This can be working out. This can be yoga. Bob Iger works out in the dark. Um, uh, Jeff Bezos has kids, but he likes to spend time with his kids. So this gets until 10, a, uh, 8, 9 a.m. to spend time with his children. He refuses to take what he likes to call a high IQ meeting before 10 a.m. Because like I don't have the, I don't have the energy to think before that hmm. hour. Please just leave me alone. I promise I'll get to my meetings. He has sometimes meetings that are eight, but he doesn't take anything that requires a lot of thinking past, uh, sorry, before 10 a.m. And that he has a strict standard on that. And he says he makes maybe three important decisions a day. So I started to look at that in a little bit into some of my business decisions. Like, all right, so you have a few important decisions, like, but or how many decisions do you have? But like, but he said three important ones. So I try to make three important decisions every single day, and it seems to work well for me. Um, and then when it came to uh, what I like to do with business, some of it just ends up in the finance world. Um, and Warren Buffett likes to joke that he may uh, he makes three important decisions a year. So wow, yeah. hey, wouldn't so that be I, nice? Yeah. yeah. How do you make them? I don't know how you you time your important decisions. That's what I'm trying to figure out. How do you time them? Because depending on what you consider to be a priority a priority for yeah. yourself. Yeah. Like me, if you have to think about finances, make a plan. You see it through. Um, I want to build a bunch of things in ten years. All right, I'm going to put a hundred X numbers or, or X number of dollars towards this project. X number of dollars towards this project every month. This way, it's getting done. Because if it, if I don't put the building blocks towards it, then it's not going to move whatsoever. Yeah. So, um, it's had some overlaps here and there, but over, overall, it's been a uh, working strategy that's been uh, helpful for me during COVID. Nice. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, very, uh, very cool. Who, yeah. and this is a, a Sam of all trades question. Who would you have play you in a movie? Play me in a movie. If so you could, if you could choose one actor that would play you in a movie, who would it be? I don't know. Um, that's a good question. If I'd somebody was that. like, Hey, I'm going to write the movie about Lex Schwartz, um, his rise to magic, you know, supremacy. Who, who would you want? Um, that's a hard question. Um, I mean, you could pick him live dead. Live you, dead. Could say, you could say this actor when he was 20 years old. Yeah. You, know, you could be like, hey, young Marlon Brando. And I'd be like, hey, you're right. 
Uh, you know what? I love what Jesse Eisenberg did in Now You See Me. If he could somehow do it, sure, get him. Sure. Jesse okay. Eisenberg, okay. He, he did a great job in Now You See Me, and that had a very good magic consultant on it. So I knew I, that's a it'd be a lot easier movie to make based off of that type of thing. This is going to sound weird, but I think like a young Jeremy Renner. I think okay. like young Jeremy uh, Renner would uh, look who's good. A, who's a young Jeremy Renner? Or Jeremy Renner's Hawkeye. Yeah, I know Jeremy Renner. He was Hawkeye in uh, The Avengers. I love that movie. So a younger version, I think, of Jeremy Renner could kind of pull off. Or, a, or Peta from the from the Hunger Games. Peta. Oh yeah, that kid. Yeah, he's got a very nice, sharp kind of like like face. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. huh. well, we got to work on that casting. Power, but yeah. Or we could cool, get a uh, Michael B. Jordan to be Lex Schwartz. <laughs> <laughs> I think um, Robert Downey Jr. is better at that. <laughs> right. <Yeah. laughs> Yeah, just have him just throw on fucking. <laughs> yeah, we'll just we'll white chicks it. <laughs> um, but let's see, uh, Lex. Uh, I mean, uh, I I could t- talk your ear off, honestly. You're you're such a fascinating dude, and uh, I mean, I love. I mean, yeah. I just love adore magic. It's just one of my. It's one of those things that uh, very much like playing with Hot Wheels instantly takes me back to like a world that's still full of wonder and, you know, that there's still mystery out there. And so for me, I think what you do is it's very, it's very, I mean, other than saying cool a thousand times, it's just so neat. Like, and it's cool to know that if I wanted to right now, I could dedicate myself. And, and, and magic's maybe, more than just about that. Magic's a new, a different way of thinking. Yeah, it, it inspires creativity in different ways. Uh, Copperfield has a program that he does that actually does exactly what I do with my hands. I didn't even know about it at the time, uh, but Copperfield has like a thousand hospitals that do that. Um, it's been helpful for a friend of mine that had a uh, a brain tumor. I've seen it helpful for people with other head injuries. So it's been it's I've seen it used for people with PTSD. It's amazing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's yeah. one of those things that its applications go so far and beyond yeah, just entertaining. There, yeah, there's actually a guy that we had at uh, Jeff McBride's school the other day who has uh, autism, who does an amazing show. Like, holy crap, it's absolutely incredible. Um, I think it was mildly a political protest, but but considering the time, but, it was, but honestly- <laughs> But there's was levels to that part. shit. <laughs> yeah, but still, but still, no, his, like, his show is incredible. And he became really good at it in college. He performed at Jeff McBride's Mystery School on, uh, on Monday. Um, I forget, I don't have his name in, in front of me, unfortunately. But uh, like yeah, the show I'm talking about on Monday, like there was a kid with autism that uh, did a magic show, and it was quality. It was really, really good. Like even I was like this the entire time because it takes time, effort, and dedication. And he made a joke about that uh, as part of his show, and I thought it was amazing. That's so so cool. I mean, yeah. magic continuously on a daily basis blows my mind. I think the phone's magic. I don't understand how that works. I'm just assuming that it's magically oh working. I, I just got a new phone from Verizon, so I'm hoping yeah. that it works out well soon because I have to get a different camera that's better. Um, oh yeah, so I'm using the one from Verizon, so I got the iPhone uh, 11 because um, my eight is uh, going down on me finally. Yeah. I mean, luckily the this works just fine for now but i'm getting uh and the best phones though right now it seemed to be at least for a while the quality is just it just happens to be the iphone cameras they just they just happen to be very good and equipped yep. for enough yeah. purposes and when it comes to zoom shows like yeah they're pricey if you have a, a couple of them but i personally think it's worth the investment so very cool very smart also from a business standpoint my last question if you weren't a magician what would you be what would I be? Uh, a lawyer. A lawyer? Yeah. What type of law? <laughs> um, Bird law? Civil litigation. <laughs> of course. That's civil so cool. litigation. I don't even know what that means, and I'd just be well, like, that's cool. Like, all right, well, a civil litigator can talk your ear off or argue with you all day or just end a conversation. A magician does that with a drunk guy every 30 minutes. Of a- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, you come on, man. Well, you sound you- like... Well, you keep I'm, the bunny. <laughs> I'm a tattooer, and uh, that's I was a tattooer in West Hollywood, and that's pretty much what it was. It's just like, oh yeah, talking to drunk people, and then mosey on. <laughs> yeah, that's the life of a tattoo magician. You should have combined the two, dude. That would have been cool if uh, I, I'd love to see it. about a year just for fun. I haven't decided yet. It's still on the table. We'll oh see. yeah, just for the hell of it. I might add that to my list of resumes just for the heck of it. Um, we'll see though. There's always time. There's always time. Well, well Lex, <laughs> do you have any other shows coming up? I know you're doing Zoom shows and stuff like that. Um, do you have anything, mm-hmm. any events that uh, this episode will come out next Monday? Okay. So is there anything, you know, any sites, anything that you want? Where can people follow you? Um, they can follow me at Lex, sorry, at uh, Magical Business Consulting on Instagram. That's the easiest way. Or Lex Schwartz on Facebook. Um, 
Um, that's it's also Lex the Illusionist or Lex the Illusionist. Um, but my stage name is Lex the Illusionist because the first I and L in illusion only exist in your mind. This guy. So just look for Lex Schwartz, Lex, Lex uh, and then Magical Business Consulting is where is what I'm. You'll mostly find me under now. Or hashtag Illusionist. Hashtag Illusionist. Very yes. very nice. Um, Sam, do you have anything else you want to ask Lex or? Um, or is your mind so blown? If they have questions, email me at lex at magical business consulting.com. No, the only, really, the, <laughs> really, the only thing is, uh, I, I would like to have you on the Sam of All Trades show because it's just a 15 minute show where we talk about trades, and I think magic is, is such an amazing well, trade that a lot of people don't even think of. It's funny you mentioned the Sam of All Trades, you know. Because do you remember how I've had a deck in my hand most of this time? Oh, that yeah. This? yeah. Now, yeah. you mentioned the word Sam of all trades. I think that's amazing. So I want you to speak into your microphones. And I think, I think, I think, I think, I think you can do a little better than that. Will it be a card that would go with something of, of all the trades that you just think is, just happens to be one playing card that comes to mind? What would that be? The King of Spades? No, not, not something of all trades. Something of all, all trades. Something of all spades. Something of all spades. Uh, uh, something of all trades. Uh, uh, <laughs> throw something out, Sam. I don't want uh, to. Oh, wait. Uh, red. A red. Uh, diamonds? No, no. No, it's above a 10 and below a queen. A joker. A jack. A jack of all trades. Jack. A jack of all jack trades. Of all trades. No, a jack, jack of all spades. spades. Uh, wait, wait, what? what? Say it again. One more time. Jack of all spades. Wave your hand over your camera and snap your fingers. God, ladies and gentlemen, if you do not see this right now, the whole deck, the whole deck is jacks of spades. Black, oh my God. Oh my God. Ladies and gentlemen, so the great, amazing Lex Schwartz. Thank you so much for being on the show today. It was so much fun. Guys, please make sure that you go check this episode out on YouTube. This is one of the one episodes I want you guys to go and check out because it is magic and it's something that you need to see you cannot listen to it you got to see it go check lex out on instagram on facebook if you guys have any questions go ahead and send the emails out to him it sounds like he's more than willing to answer anything you guys like and of course if you guys have any questions for us make sure that you guys email us at binge on this channel at gmail.com and know that all of our podcasts are available anywhere that you guys like to listen such as itunes stitter stitcher Castbox, spotify and now we are available on india's largest podcasting platform that's ghana g-a-n-n-a that's right india's largest podcasting platform where all of our shows such as what's hood happy news with perry kurtz sam of all trades this that and the other olden times tv eclectic radio and mdk squad pod coming to you guys soon lex schwartz thank you so much for joining us on this that and the other episode as always everybody remember to love each other to stay safe and to dream the dream of a thousand dreams geronimo geronimo and most importantly where 